Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Keith. We are your crew today as we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, we hope to connect with Captain Dennis. He's at an event uh, flying people around, I think in helicopter. I'm not even sure what the heck he's doing, but he's uh, interfacing with the public, and we hope to get a live report from him here uh, later on on the big show. But in the meantime, I do have Captain Keith in the studio with me today and we're going to get down and dirty on uh what it's been like to fly uh in, in florida right now you know here we are in the middle of july and it is hot that is the one word to sum it up it, it is, is really really hot and uh you know we've had little tricks that we've shared in the past you know ed had this little trick and i, I assume you're incorporating that into some of your flight training uh, right now keith where you have the uh pillowcase filled with a sheet of ice yes you know so so they take these uh you know i don't know they're not ice trays they're like ice packs right you'd buy at a sporting goods store or something yeah it's a whole sheet of them and they fit in in a regular pillowcase very very nicely Mm -hmm. and so what we do is we just one of our instructors takes the pillowcases and sews a zipper onto it yeah slide them in there you can put it behind your back and right really helps out a lot but when you're heading out to the uh, plane uh, both of you got a, a pillowcase with a like a bulge in it. You kind of look like a gang, you know, getting ready to go take on the the Crips or the Bloods or something. You're going to cause well, some it's, trouble. It's a little bit different than that because <laughs> typically what we do is the the applicant goes out and does their pre-flight first. Yeah. And the instructor stays inside where it's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gotcha. So you make yeah. them suffer. Yes. For a little bit. But then the instructor will put those together and take them outside. Otherwise, they'll melt by the time they start the airplane up, you know, while they're waiting for their pre-flight and so forth. Right. So Which you don't want to be out there for that. No. So the instructor yeah. does that. And so the instructor actually kind of looks like they're out there going to possibly abuse their applicant or something. But they're Got really it. being doing something nice by bringing the mice backs. Well, so says you. I don't watch how you do your instruction. I All do. I know, you I do. beat them senseless into no. a bloody pulp until they get the, uh, get the lesson right. No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be the number one flight school if we did that. Well, that's true. I guess. Uh, yeah, that would probably lend itself to a poor review, and you you only get positive reviews. Now, there's only a few people that enjoy that stuff. Yeah. Well, what are you saying? There's some people like to be uh, beat with the uh, sack full of ice. I understand that there's people out there that like to be. Why beat, are you looking yes. at me like this? I, I'm, just, I'm feel, just, you're making me very uncomfortable. Hey, if. <laughs> If it looking at you makes you uncomfortable, maybe yeah. there's something that you have to look into, Greg. I don't know. He's like, we've tried everything else. <laughs> you know, a banana uh, for every good deed didn't work. So maybe if we whack him upside the head with won't a even eat bananas sack anymore. full of ice. Yeah. Well, anyway. So, and what they do, you lay, you sit on these things or yeah, put them on your back. you can either sit on them or, or put them behind your back. Because the plane behind your back is, is where everybody yeah. puts them. Well, and, and so it's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, portable air conditioning well, kind of the, thing. Well, the leather in the airplanes gets pretty hot very rapidly, and just like your car mm-hmm. in the summertime, especially with the with the Florida heat. So, of course, yeah. it's been hot everywhere this year. True. 
So it is, but it's really hot right now. It has been really. I mean, hot. we're setting. You know, we're right up there at records in Orlando, but it's like this every year. It's nothing out of the ordinary. You got to deal with it. But yeah, you, the training planes. You know, most of them don't have any AC, right? Correct. So, so yeah. they have come up with this workaround, and uh, and that's what you do. But how is it? Uh, isn't it tougher on the gear right now too? When it's so hot like this, isn't it a little rougher on the airplanes? Are you think or what? Not really. Um, I mean, the engines don't perform. The propellers don't perform quite as well yeah. when it's so hot out. But mm-hmm. other than that, it's fine. Yeah. You know, they, they don't overheat or anything like that. Okay. So it, it wouldn't be uh, any increased wear and tear on the engines or no. anything like that with the heat. It's really just wear and tear on the flight instructors. Yeah. It, uh, they do fatigue faster. Who the flight instructors? The flight instructors do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so do the, so do the applicants. Their tempers are, are shorter. Yeah. I'm because guessing. It, they, no, not necessarily. It's just no. you know being out in the heat because we start usually about seven in the morning, and by the time you hit five o'clock at night, boy, so you're, you're roasting. You're, you're pretty pretty wasted from from heat. Right. Exhausted just in that. Mm-hmm. But the applicants, you know, they're typically warmer than the instructor anyway, mm-hmm. because they're the one who's are really doing the work. Yeah. Right. They're kind of in the hot seat, so to speak. So mm-hmm, after literally. after two hours, they're they're pretty shot as well. Yeah. Do you think uh, students then are more? I mean, it, it's uh, you know it affects their ability to absorb all the material a little bit, doesn't it? When it's super hot like this, that's just one more limiting factor. Oh, there, there's no question about it that it does affect some, but it affects mm-hmm. some more than others. Really depends on on where they're the at. Person, you know? right? But staying hydrated in days and times like this, it's very, very important to be to come to the airport hydrated, not yeah. thinking you're going to get hydrated while you're there. Not so, likely. Yeah, and if you not, crack not open a days. beer, the flight instructor is not going to be happy with you. Not going to be happy. No, no. so that ain't going to work either. So, yeah, so just prepare, and uh, you'll be fine. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Prepare yourself. Start the day before you're going to go fly. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you get plenty of fluids in you. Yeah. Now, do you have a favorite time of year to teach? Uh, does it matter to you, really? It really doesn't matter to me. No? You have no. no preference one way or another. The heat doesn't bother me as much as it does some other people. The humidity? Yeah. Is what I, bothers you? No, it, it doesn't That doesn't bother, bother you either. No. either. Yeah, it's no. really the people. So it depends on the student. If the if the student is, is pleasant and is absorbing your tutelage uh, accordingly, you're happy. I'm happy. All right. Yeah. So I'm Life's just too the, short not to be happy. Good point. You know, it's a great attitude. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's why, you know, I'll probably go back and train with Keith at some point. <laughs> that Dennis wants to train me. You know this, right? I know that, yeah. Yeah, what do you think of that idea? Well. God help him, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> that's all you're going to say? You're going to leave it at that? He's a brand-new instructor. He doesn't know what he's getting into yet. Yeah, tell me. Tell me. I know what he's getting into. Yeah, but you're not going to fill him in. <laughs> I'm just going to let him wing it. And it was like, you had no idea what you're getting yourself into. Now, I, you know, I, my guess is once I get back in the cockpit, it'll be a little combo kind of deal. You know what I mean? I know he wants to help me along a little bit. And I, that'd be good, right? A little like maybe uh, instructor uh, type, I don't know, uh, added value. You know what I'm saying? But you and, Ke- you and Ed well, will be my main instructors. Okay. <laughs> He's like, really? Do we have to? <laughs> we really thought we had been able to hold, you know, 
uh, you know, push him off on Dennis. But yeah, I don't know. we'll see. No. We'll, we're, we'll, we're ready whenever you say you're actually going to do this. Whenever yeah. you show up at the airport, well, and actually gonna, getting an airplane. Well, my latest ex- excuse is that it's too damn hot. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know you were trying to kind of smooth that over right now, and that's you. But I'm me. So I'm thinking yeah. I need to wait till like you know end of September when it starts cooling down just a tad. Don't you think? And then what's your excuse going to be? Well, then it'll be. Oh, man, it's too cold outside. <laughs> I have to have a coffee before I go flying. Well, yeah. And then I have but... to pee. Okay. Well, there's that. Yeah, thanks. Let me write those down. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, no. I, it, it, you know, I'm right in the middle of dive season right now, too. So I do have some serious uh, excuses. Legitimate You dive in the excuses. airplane as well. Well, not you know, like I'm talking about. i got to be in Dominica here next week. I'm going back there. Yeah. So uh priorities, man. So well, you yeah. have to get your certificate so that you can get an airplane so you can fly yourself there and not have to spend all this money on the airlines. That is so true. So um, what are you waiting for? Well, I'm waiting on someone to give me the airplane. And well, then, they're not going to give it to a non-pilot. Well, that's true. But, you know, we know people. You know, people listen to this show. I keep talking about how I, you know, want uh, a Quest Kodiak or a Grand Caravan. It's not much. I went at 1.2, 1.5 mil. Chump change, you know, and, and plus, you know, whatever differences, like say they don't want to give me the plane outright. You know, Keith has a credit card. We talk about it uh, frequently here on Just Plane Radio. And I think your limits could cover most of it, couldn't it? I, I think it could. Yeah. See? That's all but we got to do. Do I want it to? That's the that's the question. Oh, sure you do. There's nothing holding you back. You're, Does my wife want it to? That's it. That's the biggest question. Here's no the ease. That's easily solved. You just don't tell her. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You fail to understand that my wife is an accountant. Oh well. Okay. There's, there's not a penny that goes by that she does not know about. Right, honey. What's this expense of a what? What is this? A Quest Kodiak? What is? Uh, it's a um, it's a jacket when we're gonna go uh, to Alaska. Yeah, yeah, really expensive one. Yeah, she, she there's nothing. I haven't figured out a way to sniff anything past her. She's got a sniffer that. Yeah. Well, yeah. we just got to bring her on board. Just uh, you know, take out the garbage a couple more times, and just say, you know, I'm really been good this night. There's this guy I know. You know him. <laughs> And don't hold that against me, but we really need to buy him an airplane. Come on. Don't hold it against me that I know you. <laughs> okay, well, there's that. One of the things I've been thinking about as far as the kind of plane I want is how quick it can get off the ground. We're going to talk about that and more next on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. 
Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. They might tell you you're on a non-stop flight. <laughs> well, I don't think I care for that. No, I insist that my flight stop. Preferably at an airport. It's those sudden unscheduled cornfield and housing development stops that seem to interrupt the flow of my day. So fly with me. Yeah, fly with me. 30,000 in the skies where you trying to be. I can take you to a place that is so exclusive. It's a view that only me, you, and the pilots see. As the clouds surround us and drown out all the troubles and sand. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, along with Captain Keith. We are your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information and just talking about airplanes right now. All right, so uh, AOPA just had one of their latest fly-ins, and they had a short field landing and takeoff competition. Have you ever uh, witnessed one of those, Keith? What do you think? I have not. You have not? Wait, but you've seen the videos. Seen the videos. So they had this one uh, aircraft. uh, It's called, what, Draco or something like that? We've talked about it before. And I've seen the videos of this thing. Literally, it was built specifically for these type of competitions. And the thing literally takes off in like, you know, 50 feet. It's insane. And and I'm looking at it, and then it lands like the same way, obviously into the wind, you know, but uh, it is specifically done, uh, you know, designed for short field takeoff and landings. And I'm thinking, why would you not incorporate this technology into every aircraft? Wouldn't that be ideal? But there's obviously, there's some give and take, I'm guessing. Am I right? That is correct. So, so. What, are you, what are you giving up? Speed? You're going to give up speed. Yeah. For the most part. Uh, they have some fairly high-performance engines on them. Okay. Which help get them off the ground pretty quickly. Okay, so they have to rev up much faster than your typical uh, piston-driven aircraft type right. thing? Hmm. But the wing design, which is a high-lift wing, right, is going to slow it down in cruise. 
Okay, so, so it, you're it, not going to cruise as fast. Not going to cruise as fast, but if speed was not a factor, uh, would it make a good island hopping type of aircraft? I mean, it'd still go fast enough, wouldn't it? Or well, it just really depends. depends on what your mission is. Island hopping, like you're talking about doing, like down in the Caribbean or something, right? You really don't need that. I don't. The, run, need- the runways are certainly long enough to be able to take the other types of aircraft where you need something like that is like where i was just at up in alaska yeah where they they don't have runways they don't you know they landed on a beach they landed on a plateau a little bit on a mountain or something like that that's where they really need those short takeoff and landings yeah saba and things like that but well i and i understand that but you know i've that's one of the things that have always drawn me to that quest kodiak because it's it is designed for a short field takeoff uh, and 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 uh, and landings, uh, and you know, and it's kind of built off road, mm-hmm. so it'd be good for you know grass, you know grass uh, runways and things like that as well. But having that extra headroom, knowing that you don't have uh, or you don't need as much runway, it, w- wouldn't you be better off going that route? Or you're saying that it just depends on the mission. Depends on your mission, yeah. Because I would think, you know, in my case, if I realize, like, sure, the runway in Bimini is, you know, 1,500 feet or 2,000 feet. What What is it? You remember? It's probably about that, isn't it? 2,000? It's, it's about 2,500, 3,000 feet. Okay, 25. Think, if I remember right. But knowing how I fly and knowing my skill level, I would like to know I could pull this off in 50 feet. They give me a little extra headroom to, you know, fudge things a tad. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's the, the wrong kind of thinking because it actually takes some skill to do that and takes some skill to get it back on the ground in 50 feet. Okay. So, it's, it's easier to take the airplane off in a longer distance and land it in a longer distance. Well, that, you, you have well to have exactly. Tighter, tighter skills, which you haven't been working on lately. Well, I so haven't. But I, I'm saying that um, if I if I knew I'm not going to need that 2,500 feet, uh, and then say like I, I know that technically I should be able to put this plane down in 500, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but knowing that I got 2,500 to work with, eh, you know, if I miss it by a few hundred feet, no big deal. So the the airplane that you used to fly, yeah. Needs about 1,500 to 1,800 feet to land. A Cessna 172. Okay. Yes. And you weren't able to do that in that amount of distance. What do you mean I wasn't allowed? I, uh, yeah, I was. I did it. Did what you? Do you yeah. I, I soloed. I did all that. What are you looking at me like that for? You don't remember? What? What, what are you thinking I didn't of? see you do it. You didn't see me. Well, you know, you heard that I soloed. Well, yeah, I heard times. you soloed. But just because you soloed doesn't mean you could do it in in 1800 feet yeah i i I did okay there's no question i did and you remember i came very close into that you didn't get into the um you didn't finish up the short field and the soft field takeoffs and landings yeah i did i i got everything done except to prove it uh, well i have my logbook with 108 hours in there surely and something's in there about that After so many hours, I, I've done some of this. I know. You, got, you have a, a short entry in your logbook. And a, <laughs> I think. I, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't know. No, I, I actually, I do remember uh, flying into the into the wind one time at an executive and going, oh, my gosh, I'm already down. And then literally, if, you know, we had a good uh, wind coming straight down the runway, and I was shocked how quickly 
I was able to get the plane down mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 roll off to taxi. And I was like, "Wow, that is cool." I was like, "I don't need I don't need any runway." But you know, of course, then I realized like, well, the mother nature was uh, favoring me dramatically. Yeah, but it's really a matter of, of practicing technique and keeping your skills at the peak of where they should be all the time. Right. Where people get in trouble is they learn the skill to get their private certification and then they blow it off as we don't practice typically do as humans most of us are lazy we Mm. have to really work at being disciplined yeah and so it's easy to say yeah you know what i got six thousand feet of runway here i don't need to do you know i don't need to make sure i'm down in this amount of distance you should always be you know like uh trying to refresh those skills or keep them yes Keep them sharp. Yeah. And well, that way, when you do get yourself into a situation, which you never know when that's going to be, because you may be planning on going into an airport that has three or five or 6,000 feet of runway, but what happens if the engine quits and you end up having to put it into a field? You may not have 5,000 feet in that field. You might only have, you know, 2,000 feet in that field, and you got to get it in there. True. Well, that brings me back to maybe I need to zero in on the Quest Kodiak. Because once the Quest again, Kodiak would be a very nice airplane for you. Yeah, and, and see that. And once again, I'm hoping. But just I would because you have the airplane it. doesn't mean you have the skill. Well, I understand that. I got to learn how to fly it and, and and all that kind of stuff. But I'm I'm saying just from a you know an equipment piece or equipment standpoint, knowing that I have that uh, flexibility that this airplane or aircraft can do this in in a much shorter field than your typical uh, one of this of similar size. You know, that, to me, that that makes me feel better about the whole thing. You know what I mean? But you're sure. saying I shouldn't rely on that. I'm, and I'm not no, saying I would. you can't rely on that because just because you have a, a Quest Kodiak that has a, a, a stole. Right. Right? Short takeoff and landing. Yeah. That's stole. Got just it. because it has that doesn't mean that the pilot can actually do it. Mm. Just because the airplane is equipped to do it. I'm going to do both. I'm going to do it. But wait, i got to get the airplane first. Are you guys listening? Give me the damn plane already, will you? Come on. Good Lord. Let's go. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I've been up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. I'm going to fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're going to fly high without fear, you're going to have to learn to love the atmosphere. And you got to learn to use those wings you can't sleep. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, Law Captain Keith. All right, so when it comes to the latest aviation news and information, a couple little uh, tidbits. This is not really drone-type news. We'll get to some of that a little bit later. This is more like helicopters. You know, uh, Uber and uh, a new company, well, another company called Voom, has launched helicopter service in San Francisco in the Bay Area between uh, five regional airports like San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, Palo Alto, Hayward, and all this stuff. And and this is a you know kind of like a, a hybrid you know on demand drone type service, but I guess it's helicopters. And um, but but the thing is, I, I they're eventually I don't know if they're going to be manned. With pilots or not, initially they are, but I think uh, they're hoping to go to you know like uh, autonomous flying at some point for these routes. 
Well, you know, we already got that helicopter, you know, service down there on I Drive here in Orlando. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, they've been operating for years. Yeah, but but uh, these, you know, they're just regular helicopter, you know, sightseeing things. Right. But those heliports that they've built, it's like a three level thing for helicopters. I guess that's kind of what this is, you think? But uh, uh, eventually, it'll they won't have pilots. Right. Be that's that's their goal. Run by computers like uh, the driverless cars. Right. So is it the future? I think it probably is. At least uh, out there. We'll, we'll see how they oh, do. They're trying to do it in New York as well. Well, yeah. They got it. In, well, New York and uh, in California are going to be the first. I mean, it, it makes it. sense because, I mean, the traffic in New York is so terrible. Right. And so if you need to get to the airport, instead of wasting your whole day because you've got to get through the traffic first, take a helicopter and be there very quickly. Yeah, but you want a pilot in there too, don't you? Well, you and I do. But yeah. the newer... Younger generations, they, they don't care, care. as long as it gets them there. They'll they'll be down with their heads in their phone. They won't even realize there's not a pilot in there. It's like they have no idea that they're going down. I was like, oh, oh my gosh, I just got another Pokemon. Woohoo! Hey, what the heck is that? Yeah, I don't know. Let them work on it out there. We'll stay here in uh, Orlando, see how, they, how that pans Keep out before we now. jump into those. All right, more coming up. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. You can't fly. No, but until I can, I have to set up for piloting a plane. Let's do it. Come on, Bernie. You can't ground this eagle. It needs to soar. You know I can do this. We've come this far. Don't you be scared now. Because you can learn to fly. All the way down. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That is me along with Captain Keith. All right, so uh, helicopters, they're popping up on the uh, left coast up in New York. Uh, they're using them to, you know, battle the battle the traffic and be autonomous, kind of like, uh, you know, flying drones with people in them. That's what's going to happen. Uh, but in New York, you know, I don't know how they, how, how do they uh, resolve this conflict? Because they've also announced or there's an effort to ban all unnecessary helicopter flying in New York City. Is that right? Yeah, they, they want to take the tourists that want to take sightseeing flights around yeah. New York to be able to see it from the air. They want to take those and, and get rid of them. But they're also saying that commuter traffic is just unnecessary and dangerous to all the people that live there. Versus the few that are actually going to use it. Because not everybody can afford to take Fly a helicopter to, right. to the airport It's or not whatever. exactly uh, cheap. Right. Yeah. So, but, you know, it's it's kind of ridiculous. This is going to happen. Uh, there is going to be more and more of this type of transportation. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it's not necessarily dangerous. I don't know what happened to the that in that crash in New York where the helicopter crashed on top of the building. Right. I hear that the weather was poor, whether mm-hmm. it was VFR weather or not. I don't 
I didn't really hear that. Yeah. And I haven't read the NTSB reports on it. And, of course, it's too early for those yet anyway. Right. But he had flown into uh, restricted airspace. Obviously, he was having a big problem one way or another, whether it was weather-related or mechanical or whatever. But because of that, yeah, there's been there's an effort to, it's like, hey, we need to just stop all this type of sightseeing helicopter uh, traffic regardless, which is silly because they're looking to add uh, autonomous vehicles you know, between the airports, and then also you get the drones and stuff that Amazon, Google, and everybody else are going to be throwing up there in the airspace, too. So I don't know if they just think that, well, if we knock out the uh, sightseeing tours, at least that'll be one less thing we got to deal with, and well, we'll give all the airspace just be- to everyone else. They'll just begin to fight out all the other helicopters. You know, if Amazon, they won't be able to p- deliver their packages with that. They won't. Yeah. They'll just keep going on and on. It gives them something to whine about is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, because I I don't think uh, we're going to see sightseeing tours over New York City and helicopters go away anytime soon. That's big big business. That's big business. They they sell a lot of those. Anywhere you go, uh, helicopter sightseeing tours are big business. Right. And, uh, you know, there's a reason uh, that that they're there. It's because people keep booking them. You know, and they're, uh, you know, they're not cheap. They're pretty expensive, but boy, they are they are cool. They're one they're one of the most unique ways to see uh, a city, whether it's you know New York or you know Vegas, going out to the Grand Canyon, uh, Alaska, where you just were. Right? Did you right. do the helicopter thing we did. while you're on? Yeah, took, took helicopters uh, up to the glacier. I mean, it, it really is a unique way to uh, see you know see the world for sure. And I, I can't imagine that they're gonna. Say, no, you can't do that anymore. Getting a bird's eye view is certainly much better than the smog view you get down at street level. True. And, you know, it's it's less people down there uh, driving around. So why are they whining about it? You know? Yeah, they'll get someplace one car faster because somebody's up in the air instead of Mm -hmm. on the ground. Mm -hmm. Air travel is definitely safer all around than traveling. So it's a typical knee jerk reaction. Yes. To an incident that, you know, who knows who brought it up, but they're, you know, they're, they're making noise about it. We'll see where that goes, but hopefully, and uh, my guess is this is not going to go anywhere, as it shouldn't, because uh, it is too much fun. Now, well, I can uh, tell you who brought it up. Who? Carolyn Maloney. And she is? From New York, a Democrat from New York. Okay. They have, just leave it at that. That's all we need to know. Well, you don't want to go any further than I that. I don't know. What else do you know about her? <laughs> What does she have against helicopters? Does she have an incident back in the day, or is she just, like, making noise? Somebody's trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. So, if you are a uh, helicopter sightseeing tour company, you might want to write down that name. Yes. And blackball her, because she's trying to knock you guys out of business. Infiltrate her office with letters and emails. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's a good gig, too. I think I talked to uh, the heli- helicopter pilot when I was uh, when I did that in Alaska, and I was asking him about you know how cool of a gig is this when you're in Alaska and you're a helicopter pilot taking a you know all these tourists up around the glaciers and things like that. You know, there's a lot of them. I mean, they it's a, it's big business. It really is. And I and I, I told him I said. This must be a you know like the dream job for you, right? He goes, well, he goes, it is amazing. We have an, a, a crazy view, obviously, office view, and he loves every minute of it. But you know, because there are so many of the companies, the pay isn't the best in the world. So it's one of those gigs where you get out there as a helicopter pilot, and you can really you know build up a lot of hours quickly. 
Yes. And uh, and then as more hours, you know, you you get and go on to something else and maybe become a, you know, a commercial helicopter pilot guy or whatever and make the big bucks. But it's a great gig for training, which doesn't really instill a lot of confidence in me when I'm flying with them. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, how long you been here? Oh, a couple of weeks. Well, no, whoa, ho, ho, ho. No, that wasn't the case. Well, the guy we flew with in New York, yeah, he's been doing it for years. He's a helicopter instructor in Seattle. Right. He goes up to Alaska in the summertime because mm-hmm. he just enjoys flying the helicopters in the summertime up in Alaska. Yeah, and who wants to be, you know, up where it's hot and muggy and stuff in New York in the middle of summer? Why not flip it? Yeah. You go to the cool places in the summer and the hot places in the winter. That makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that guy. That's what I'm thinking about doing. Going to fly in Alaska for the summers and flying the winters down here. Well, you wouldn't have to bring, you know, a a pillow sack full of ice out with you in the plane. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) It's nice and comfortable out there in Alaska right now. Those guys got it made, don't they? They do. Yeah. But, you know, that guy. Mosquitoes are bad, though. Skeeters are bad in Alaska? Oh, yeah. Right. They, got they, big, can't. they got big skeeters out there. No, look, we're in Orlando, Keith. Come on, you know the skeeters are big as the airplanes here. Yes, they, they are They are up in Alaska as well. Really? Yeah. But they're not as bad as they are oh, here. Oh, yes, they are. Really? You think so? Because they're terrible here. You know that. Let's call some people in Alaska and find out. Well. Get somebody else's opinion other than mine. Mm. Bug spray. That's all you need. <laughs> I'm just saying. But, you know, that guy who crashed into the building in New York, he was, I thought he was like an instructor. He had tons of experience, didn't he? I believe he did. I thought he did as well. Yeah. But, you so, know. I don't know if he was an instructor, but he had a lot of hours. Even the best of us can make a mistake. Well, exactly. But, and, again, I don't know if it was pilot error. I don't know if he had a problem with his machine. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? Yeah. Well, it, my point is, you know, you don't want to shut that activity down. I mean, I think it's a good pipeline for professional helicopter pilots or just pilots uh, that are flying helicopters that want to get more time in, you know, well, and build up those hours. I think just in the, you know, in what they have trying to do, trying to shut it down because they say it's a danger to everybody, this particular pilot, yes, he lost his life by putting the aircraft down on a rooftop mm-hmm. where he wasn't going to, he could have put it down in the street. Right. Or something else but he put it down on a rooftop and again i don't know all the circumstances around it but um and yeah, we'll, we'll find out when the ntsb report comes out right it could have been a uh, hero you know heroic move we don't know we'll have to wait and see but it is uh intriguing just the same but definitely not a reason to stop it i don't think at all you know uh, once again the airspace is just going to keep getting more crowded and, and stuff like that with drones unless they figure out a way to make them smaller lighter and more personal, which is, uh, you know, that's kind of what's been happening with the drone market. I think you ought to make a movie about this. About? About helicopters and drones and, and personal transportation and see how everything's been. Everybody's going to just summon via Uber or Lyft or whatever, yeah. and a, a little drone shows up at your house and takes you to work. Well, you're going to have your own personal drone. Yes. I mean, they're getting smaller and more personal, you know, because let's face it. What are drones for? Uh, to fly around and look at stuff from from the air, or just to be a few feet away from you so you can get the ultimate selfie. And so now they're making them where they can fit inside your pocket. You know this, not much bigger than a than an iPhone. And then so when you get out and about, you just have your little drone flying around you. And hey, take a picture now, drone. Okay, yeah, he give the th- thumbs up that kind of stuff. <laughs> 
but they're getting smaller and more personable like that, you know? So everybody will have their little drone flying above them. Yeah, but I'm talking about you being able to take a drone to work. Of course, you won't because, you know, you walk from your bedroom to the studio. Well, yeah, but I might want to document that. So have (laughs) my little drone. Please don't. (laughs) Following me around, filming us while we're sitting here in front of a microphone talking about airplanes and drones. Yes. Is that compelling TV or what? Which goes back to why we do Just Plain Radio. Right. More coming up. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Off with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Can I let you in a little secret? A secret? Just you and me? Sorry, <laughs> that had to come out. Go on. I'm not going golfing. I'm taking my first flying lessons today. I always dreamed of being a pilot. Oh, Jay, that's fantastic. And I... I totally get it. I had a crush on the pilot who flew the crop duster back home. He had big, broad shoulders and a deep, husky voice that, in retrospect, could have been pesticide-related. Can you promise me sky that's trouble-free and clear so it's safe for me to fly? This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Keith. And as promised, Captain Dennis is out at an event, and we have connected with him now. Dennis, come in. Where the hell are you, my friend? Hey, Greg. Hey, Keith. I'm actually out at the historic Stanton Airfield in uh, Northfield, Minnesota, with the Minnesota Aviation Career Education Camp. Mm. 
Okay, and that means what? What are you doing exactly? Anything and everything related to aviation. Uh, They've got 25 campers out here that are being exposed to everything from uh, jobs in aircraft maintenance, air traffic control, aeronautical engineering, piloting, uh, military options. And uh, they're giving these kids all sorts of hands-on experience. Uh, Today, we're actually down at Stanton Glider Port, which is where Abby does her glider training. Mm -hmm. And they're doing both helicopter flights and glider flights for every one of these kids. Well, there you go. So it's kind of like an aviation career day uh, there at the facility. Only stretched out to an entire week of uh, 7 o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. The kids are exhausted, but they're having a blast. All right. So if more people want to check this out, maybe not for this year, but for next year, there's a website we can give out. What is it? Yeah, mnacecamp.org. Okay, excellent. And you're there with the uh, organizer, Ryan. Is that right, Ryan? I'm with, I'm with one of the organizers. He's of uh, leading all of the uh, the festivities or herding the cats or however we want to put it. Right. Uh, but yes, Ryan is here. And Ryan comes to us uh, courtesy of the Minnesota Air National Guard where he's a C-130 pilot. Oh, sweet. So Ryan, um, That's a big-ass yeah. aircraft uh, there, Ryan. How many, let's see, four engines on that monster, right? That's a big plane. Yeah, we've. Yeah, it's a it's a huge airplane. First of all, thank you so much for having me on, Greg and, sure. uh, and Dennis today. Where I'm uh, I'm really happy to be here and promote uh, the uh, Ace Camp or Aviation Career Education Camp. But uh, but yeah, the C-130 is uh, is a monster airplane up to 175,000 pounds. Uh, in uh, in Air Force terms, it's relatively small, but uh, we're designed to go in and out of very short airfields. In fact, uh, if uh, if they didn't really feel like using the grass runway after this, we could potentially get a C-130 into it uh, in theory, but it would not be legal for us here. All right, Keith. So this would be Might a slight. A few ruts too. This would be a slight upgrade to the Quest Kodiak that we were talking about earlier for me, right? Just a slight, slight. Yes. Yes. Understood. And now, is do you have one of those at this event? You don't have one there, do you? Not at this particular event here in Stanton. However, the uh, the Ace Campers do get to ride a C-130. Um, we are going to be riding the C-130 actually with the reserves. I fly with the Guard out of Minneapolis, but we're going to be able to fly uh, in one of the C-130s with the reserves uh, tomorrow. And then we're also going to be able to get the campers into the C-130 full motion simulator that they get to fly tomorrow as well. Very cool. Now, what, what does it feel like? How would you describe it, Ryan? Is it uh, is it no different than uh, flying a 172? I'm, I'm guessing it's slightly different. You know, it's a it's a little bit different. Uh, the C one thirty is. I mean, it's the best way to describe it. And this is kind of an you know an old tale that everybody says, but it's an extremely easy airplane to fly. It's an extremely difficult airplane to fly well. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, pretty much anybody could get in it, you know, go up, down, things like that. But what we do in particular with the C one thirty is uh, is uh, pretty. Um, it's pretty tactical, and it uh, it does take a lot of uh, effort, not only physically but also mentally. Isn't that the aircraft that, like, uh, you know, uh, Tom Cruise jumps out the back of all the time? And isn't that the same aircraft? Yeah, something like that. In fact, I think it. Uh, I think there was one that made an appearance in one of the Fast and Furious movies yeah. when they decided that it was intelligent to drop uh, vehicles from the back of a right. C-130. That was actually a C-130, and that thing is based down in uh, down in Yuma, Arizona, I believe. Okay, well, that's and on my you'll list. probably remember it too with the Blue Angels, uh, the Fat Albert aircraft that you see kicking off the Blue Angels routine is actually a C-130 as well. Got it. Now, Dennis, are you uh, are you hitting them up for a ride in that thing too? Uh, I would guess that's on your list. Uh, it's. Uh, I don't think I'm allowed to go with. Unfortunately, no. you have to be one of the campers. So I'm. I'm doing my best to try to get a helicopter ride today, and it's not looking so good. No, why? Climb into a tent. 
climb into a tent. What do you mean? <laughs> Become a camper. Oh, ex- exactly. Just, uh, yeah. you know, put on a schoolgirl's yeah. uniform. And- yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> just look like Greg for a little bit, and you'll get in there. Hey, now, quit it. Yeah. I, I have to settle with just being their taxi driver. I've been running the golf cart back and forth, ferrying the students in between the, the helicopter flights and the gliders and making sure they get over here for food and uh, we're we're taking good care of them. Well, it sounds like a pretty hey, cool. But you are a fantastic tra- taxi driver. There hasn't been a single incident all day long. Well, and, yeah. And according to my passengers, I haven't missed a single pothole either. Well, hey, and the day is young, so let's see how the rest <laughs> of the day goes. But Ryan, how, how did this uh, program, you know, begin? You've been doing this a, a while, I assume, right? You know, I've been doing this for uh, right around, uh, I've been doing it for a total of 10 years, but I've only actually been here for seven of the years. I had uh, pilot training and deployments and stuff like that in between. I started as an aviation, as the uh, as a counselor in uh, 2009 while I was still going to Minnesota State University Mankato for aviation. And throughout that time, started as a student, you know, that type of thing. I, I was here as a counselor because I was going to tell them about aviation at Mankato. And that uh, formed over the years into uh, me being a uh, crew chief or a maintainer on the C-130 and, uh, and being here to tell them about that and also get them in and out of the base because we do stay overnight on the uh, uh, for all of the nights on the uh, north or in the North Country Lodge on base in, in Minneapolis there. And uh, eventually over time and connections through Ace Camp, and it's a great story for uh, for inter- Interviewers and everything else like that to uh, to um, tell all about Ace Camp and uh, and over time now I'm the uh, now I'm the sponsor and uh, director of the uh, of the second camp in June. So awesome! Well, you know it beats summer camp for sure. Yeah, I mean I'm guessing Abby is going to be the envy of her classmates once she goes back to school in fall. Am I right there, uh, Dennis? What do you think? Yeah, you definitely got hit the nail on the head there. When the teacher asked, well, what did you do over summer break? Uh, she's going to have a laundry list of experiences that she's been exposed to. Yes. She got to do the tower simulator and pretended that she was an air traffic controller at Minneapolis. And, and then you know, she can just say, suck today. it, losers. You should be like me. Exactly. All right. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember there is no better high than learning to fly. Than learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. I'm some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com.